Welcome to The Naked Truth with Nicole Day. In this podcast, we strip away the facades and dig deeper into body confidence, what beauty truly means to us, and of course, a little nudity talk. In each episode, you'll hear from different people, different bodies, different perspectives. Not to make assumptions or anything, but I bet a lot of you thought I was only going to interview women for this podcast, but here's the thing. We talk a lot about body positivity and body diversity, but how can we discuss this without hearing from every single perspective? This includes women, men, and however we identify on the gender spectrum. In episode three, I sit down with Corbin. He actually might be the most fit person I know, but what I learned from talking to Corbin was that there are so many layers to this body confidence thing, no matter how fit you are. More importantly, if your body is fit, it's important to get that mind right too. So turn your volume up, grab your glass of wine, and prepare to hear the naked truth. Hey, y'all. I'm your host, Nicole Day, and I'm here with Corbin. Hey, everybody. This is Corbin. Uh, I'm the founder, head trainer at CB Fit. Um, Yeah, I'm just here with Nicole. I'm really excited for this. I am glad you're excited. Um, before we start, you know, I just want to tell y'all that, like, what, two weeks ago, I took Corbin's class. Yep. I'm still t- sore to this day. Oh, to this day. See, okay. See, now you're, now, you're, now you're exaggerating. Now you're exaggerating. I mean, my back hurts a little bit, but I will. You worked out last week. That ain't my fault. Okay, okay, okay. Please, please. See, I, you ain't, you ain't going to blame me. <laughs> <laughs> but what I will say is that your class was a lot of fun. Thank you. And I even stole some of your moves to incorporate oh, in my own time. Hello? Oh. The one where we used the... um. The resistance band, the squat, and oh, like... The squat overhead press? press. Yes, yep. yes. Mm-hmm. That joint I use all the time. It's so a good thank one. You. It's a good total body move. Yeah, it really <laughs> it wrecks the total body. Okay. <laughs> so since you're a trainer, I feel like you're the perfect person to talk about this topic with. Okay. Um, I got a lot of questions about gym intimidation uh, and how people can really get over that. And I feel like as a trainer, you probably see it firsthand a lot. Absolutely. Um, yeah. The biggest thing I would say for gym intimidation really is just framing it so that you understand your perspective is not everyone else's. Like mm-hmm. you might be next to a gym rat, somebody, some muscle head who's in there two, three hours a day trying to like put on another 30 pounds of muscle. Like you're going to be next to that person. You're also going to be next to somebody who is on an elliptical and has no shame in just cruising along at half a mile an hour slower than a snail. Mm-hmm. You might find yourself in the middle of that spectrum. That's okay. Um, I think the more important thing is understanding that The work that you do in the gym is more beneficial no matter what, as long as you create some sort of moderate intensity for yourself. I think the main focus is that people get psyched out because they see everyone else doing their thing and they haven't found their own individual thing, whether it's interval sprints on on the treadmill or you figure out what kind of functional training moves you want or you find a dumbbell circuit that works best for you. There's a lot of ways you can go about it. There's machines, there's everything in between, but you have to know what you like and dislike first before you can be like freaked out that anyone's doing any particular thing. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of equipment and a lot of ways that our body moves, which is why there's so much equipment. I get that that's probably the first thing where people are like, there's so much shit in here. Like, what do I start with? First thing you can always start with is a squat. A squat helps everybody and you don't need a, you don't need a rack for it. Right. Like you can do it with a dumbbell. You can do it with, out any weights. I do it in my class without weights all the time. People, I was there. I can attest. <laughs> people do not like how many squats we do. Um, but squats are beneficial because they take take care of your entire posterior chain. So like your back, your upper back, your lower back, your legs, your hamstrings, your glutes, all that gets targeted in a squat. 
who doesn't like having a nice back and a nice ass. Yeah. We all love nice butts over here. Right. Yeah. So as long as you figure out which moves are going to be most beneficial to you Mm -hmm. and what your goals are, if you have a goal and a plan in mind, it takes away a lot of that intimidation for a lot of people. So as long as you're able to set aside time to figure out what works best for you and map it out on a day-to-day basis, whether you're going three days a week, four, five, six, whatever, as long as you map that out for yourself, like how my activity is, Mm -hmm. you should be in a a much better shape to feel like you're not going to be overwhelmed seeing some lunkhead throw a 100-pound weight next to you and you're like, what the hell's wrong with him? Right. (laughs) Can you tell us how you inspire, you know, your clients during a session? Uh, I'm just a really big cheerleader. He is. <laughs> um, I'm very much, I try to be funny. I try, like, more than anything, I try, to, try. <laughs> I try to make a lot of people laugh. Um, I think that there's a lot of punny ways and punny things you can say that people kind of catch when they're working out. They're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. start, and you start laughing naturally. Um, smiling while working out is probably one of the best things you can do. It, yeah. may, like, it might not feel any different like it might still be hard Mm -hmm. but it's gonna kind of relieve your mental state like you're like I'm at least doing something so I whenever I'm with somebody I never I never try to overwhelm them to start I'll ease them into a lot of things but they'll also know that working with me is very much going to be like I'm gonna push you a little bit Mm -hmm. a little bit at a time and I'm gonna figure out what you're capable of and what you want as far as how much you want to get pushed um, and I play and I understand each individual relationship. So I know with some people I can be like, go, go, go faster. Like, what are you doing? And other people I'm like, Hey, take your time. Like if you have an issue, if you have an ailment, I try to be as accommodating as possible. Like on any given day in a class, I might have 10 to 15 people who all have at least one lingering or nagging issue. Sometimes like might be a shoulder, might be their neck, might be their back, might be their ankle. So I try to have a modification available for every exercise. That's great. And knowing that people kind of get a little bit more comfortable, so they get engaged a little bit more, and then they start to feel it, music's going a little bit, everything seems to fall into place after that. And I can attest to all of this. Class <laughs> was super fun, and I never, I actually found myself like, I was smiling during that workout. I was mm-hmm. even singing the songs. I even hit a milli yeah. during, so great yeah. job. <laughs> I think that class is also the last time I played Mo Bamba. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if any of y'all are listening, just know canceled. Okay, yeah, so don't, don't play it, fellas. <laughs> don't don't try it. You'll don't get attacked it. like Corbin did this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Different podcast, different podcast. <laughs> okay, so I know that this is the naked truth and everything, and we're yes, here to talk is. about the body. But I feel like you know with. A healthy body also comes a healthy mind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I did a little bit of stalking slash researching on you. um, And I read your Medium piece, and I think it was super inspirational. um, And it just comes to show that you don't really understand what everyone's going through unless you hear from that person firsthand. Yeah. Um, So I was wondering if you're comfortable enough with sharing with the listeners. Yeah. Um, So I wrote a Medium piece. um, Well, actually, for anybody who's listening, that actually is a revised letter that I wrote to my friends that then spawned into a much bigger piece. Um, At the core of everything that I do, my friends are my focus. My friends are my family. My friends are my life. Um, And the people who got that letter initially, it was about 20 folks. Mm -hmm. And it was a letter written as, like, on my 24th birthday, um, I didn't feel super, super great where I was. Um, And it was really just like a reflecting on the last seven years and where I'd where I'd come from and where I'd gone like 
it's not like I came from a bad situation or anything like that. Like I had good parents. Unfortunately, they divorced. Um, everything kind of just fell out of whack later on in life for me. So it was a lot of adjusting as I'm trying to find my way in my career. So what I wrote about was finding finding purpose and finding a passion. Um, and so where that just to backtrack a little bit more, where that letter ends up going is it talks about my early battles with depression and my mental health. So when I was 17, I attempted suicide. Um, been dealing with depression and me- mental health illnesses since I was about 16. Um, so 17 years old, I won't get into the details about it, but I attempt, I tried to take my own life. And so I spent a lot of time after that trying to figure out what was going to be my purpose and what was going to make me feel whole. Um, cause I knew that no matter what, if I didn't feel whole, I was going to always be searching for something. And if I didn't find it, I would end up back to where I was when I was 17. Mm-hmm. So spent a lot of time trying to figure that out. Wasn't really good about self love, self care, any of that. Um, and once I, and once this rewrite happened, I was at a different, as seven years later, or I guess a year later, I'm writing this and I'm thinking about how all of my friends have encouraged me to try new things, um, or encouraged me to try things that I thought weren't for me that really should be. So when I got out of school, as you'll find out in the piece, it's on, if you want it, I can send it around and have no problem sharing it. Um, but I came out of school and bounced around a bit with my jobs, like, is that the first one as an ad agency for about six months? Next sale, tech sales spot was about seven months. Then I got uh, laid off with a bunch of other people. Then the third one, I was on my own for a little while. And in this interjection here is when I met these fr- some of these friends who pushed me into that passion. It was people that actually I hadn't known more than a couple months. Um, their names Shaka Menachem, Duke's brothers, and uh, my friend Dre Ray Wall. Um, basically met them in the gym one day, they were working out, doing some stuff that I was like, yo, this is really dope. Like, how did you think about this? And they're like, oh, we just, I mean, we're trainers. And I was like, oh, can I work out with you guys? And they're like, yeah, we're doing something on Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday comes around, Drea starts running these workouts, her snatch camp boot camps uh, that were here in the city for a while. They were super fun, super dope. And I thank Drea all the time for letting me be a part of that. Because she then saw in me that I needed to be doing this full time. Mm-hmm. And so she kept pushing me and egging me like, yo, just just do it. Just make the jump. So finally I did. And after two more job stints, one for a year at another agency doing brand strategy, then another eight months with American Express, I just I said, you know what? I just need to do my own thing. And I spent the next six months after that really trying to find my own passion. Um, and it was in training. Like I spent every day either in the gym studying or just diving into it. And what that did for my personal health, like I was probably in the best shape that I'd been in. Um, I was the happiest that I'd been. And I like, I just gone through a lot, like bad relationships, unfortunate relationships, friendships lost things like that everything in between so like I just needed something that was going to be for me yes and over time here comes CB fit like it develops and kind of spawns it to its own little devious brainchild now, <laughs> um, where people think that I work out in the snow <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> but it's been the most rewarding thing that I've done is 
take a minute to step back and find what makes me the most happy um, and continuously choose to do it on a day-to-day basis. Oh, that's so great. I think I can honestly speak for a lot of people listening. Mm-hmm. One, thank you for sharing and being so honest with us. Um, and I will add that like every time I see you, you're always a ray of light. You always have mad energy. If you ever see Corbin, he's probably bouncing around, dancing around. <laughs> um, Highly likely. Where do you find this? Where do you find that energy from? <laughs> especially with everything that you've been through, you know? The people I surround myself with. Um, my boys, my best friends, um, my brothers, like the, the women, like everybody who I keep close to me, like every smaller friend circle. Like I've had the same best friend since I was probably about 14, 15. Mm. Um, still see them all the time. Still talk to them all the time. Um, like I lived, I used to live with them actually. Like one of my best friends, Julian, he and I used to live together in Harlem. And I can say that that letter in particular, the one, the initial letter that I wrote was definitely a thank you to him. Um, cause he saw me through a lot of shit that most people won't ever hear about, but he really did a lot for me. Um, and then you have, like, I grew up around black women, so I like tons Speak of them. So I have it. all the aunties, the aunties <laughs> then have their daughters who are like my sisters mm-hmm. and like everybody who I've met in between there from college, from after college, like all the people that I've surrounded myself with have done nothing but put good energy in my life. That's amazing. And so... The only thing that I can do is just, since it's so much, is just take it and put it back out to other people. I love that outlook. I love it. And I think a lot of people should really, you know, take that energy in and also put it back out into the world. try it. I'll try it. (laughs) Makes sleeping a little bit easier. Mm, You're right. All right. Now, I know that, like, during a lot of what you went through, your confidence must have been really low. Yeah. Yeah. For somebody who worked out five five to six days a week, I literally hated looking at myself in the mirror. That's crazy. Can you tell us why? I, gosh, variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like mood swings happen. Like some days you're just like, this this just ain't it. Like I'm not there. Other times it's just like, I'm just like, I got to go harder. Like it's just that competitive nature. So sometimes it is healthy and other times it wasn't. I really can't say that it was super detrimental, but it definitely was at my lowest when I wasn't working out. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've always understood exercise as being important as far as like staying right, getting right, but I didn't realize what it was going to do for my health. Um, and really, it started to take a turn when I started actually taking running seriously, or a little bit more seriously than I had. Um, I played college lacrosse, and. I hated any sort of conditioning test that was more than two miles. So mm-hmm. I developed a real disdain for running. But once I figured out how to go at my own pace um, and, f- like, really get to that point where you get to that runner's high. Like, if you talk to a runner, they'll tell you about the runner's high. I've heard about like, it. have not experienced it. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people it, takes a, it takes a while for them to get to it. And for me, it took a while. Mm-hmm. But it's when you get to that point where you're, like, you're just gliding along and you're like, oh my God, like everything is clear. Yeah. Like, there's it nothing sounds really mind. nice. It's beautiful. <laughs> like a runner's high is beautiful. Um, and it wasn't until I got to that point where I was like, wow, like I, I think that day I, I, I ran something ridiculous. I ran like six or seven miles, like which I never do. Um, it was like an hour. It was like an hour that I took. And even though it took longer than I wanted it to, I was just like, 
all right, like I've really, I, I kind of got this again. Like, like you I, feel like good. I feel like I've reeled myself in a little bit. Like it became a bit more of a meditative space um, at times, even though I was doing tempo runs or I was doing jogs or sprints or whatever. I just used running and exercising to become my outlet for any sort of frustrations, any sort of like depressive thoughts. Um, I would just try to pump it out. And I'm so glad you talk about that um, mm-hmm. because I feel like a lot of time the times these days I'm even guilty of it myself we're working out for that certain body and not really to be I mean obviously we want to look good mm-hmm. um, but you want to feel good as well and I'm glad you touched yeah. on that yeah I think feeling good and understanding that your body is not going to be whatever stereotypical insert IG model here mm-hmm. like most of those women are probably getting surgery whether they're going to talk about it or not who knows but some of those drastic changes, it's like it's hard to it's hard to maintain without fitness. But if you do if you do that on your own, like I've seen women who have taken that year long journey or six month journey or four month journey just to like drop some weight and just do it for themselves, and it ends up being a lifestyle change. Yeah, it is. And that's the biggest part is that we often work out to look a certain aesthetic, but we need to feel that aesthetic, and that's really the bigger issue is that. I think a lot of people are just working out because it's a chore versus working out because it's an opportunity to like really wake your body up and be the most productive self that you can be. I use exercise as a way to like reset my mind before mm-hmm. I have any sort of chores, any sort of to do activities. Like I probably do the most productive house cleaning after a workout, hmm. like every time. It does add discipline to yeah. your schedule. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's not even it's not even a true discipline thing. I think it's more so that it creates some a sense of enjoyment in your daily routine once mm-hmm. you once you learn to really like it once you get the hang of it yeah like when you start moving into different functional movements or if you're like hey i've gotten through all the dumbbell stuff that i want to do i want to start doing free rack squats or like i just want to like progress up and i choose new challenges within that and it's a part of the lifestyle and you're not just like oh i'm done with this what do i do it's like oh i like someone told me about trying this out like maybe i'll try this out now mm-hmm. i can take a kettlebell take a kettlebell class or I can take a class that's a CrossFit class or whatever it is like there's a there's tons and tons and tons of classes and styles of working out particularly here in New York City where like everyone's oh, trying to be everything super yeah super wellness oriented um and I even think that like we're throwing that word around a little too loosely um because wellness is a very there's like a very concerted effort onto what health and wellness really should be and mm-hmm what falls under it is not exactly that. Um, So I think that it's a combination of finding that holistic pattern of recovery, of mental health, of activity altogether, making your wellness system fully oriented for you. You better drop a (laughs) Wow, write that down, y'all. Learn what wellness is here today. Thank you. Okay, so let's switch up. Talk about the body a little bit. Okay. What's your favorite part about your body? Um, probably my back. Come on, back. Tell us why. Um, it's always there's a bunch of different reasons, but I think the main one is just your back is what keeps you looking right. Like when you have a good strong back, leads to good good posture. Like you feel better. Um, like you don't have lower back pain. Your legs are usually look better, feel better. You can do more. You can lift more. Um, but yeah, for me, my back was just like the one thing that developed the most that I didn't feel uncomfortable about. 
I'm from a family of guys with thick thighs. My legs are not, I've never been my favorite part of my body. Mm -hmm. That was something that I had to learn to love. Um, if we're just going in the opposite direction real quick. Yeah, of course. Um, I come from a family of guys with thick thighs. Um, my dad played college football. My uncle played college football. My cousin currently plays college football. My older cousin played tennis. Like, we're, we're, we're athletes. We're athletes. <laughs> we're athletes. And that just means that our legs are just naturally that much thicker. So I've always had people talking about, like, for some reason, women love talking about my ass. And I do not. <laughs> it, it still is like something I'm just like, all right. Just own it. I, own I, it. At this point, I own it. At this point, I own it. But 22-year-old Corbin was not. You're like, stop it. You know. Like, literally, people are like. Why don't guys like that? My best friend has a great butt. I'm not going to call you out, but you know who you are. <laughs> and I'm always like, come on, cakes. And he's like, Nicole, stop it. Like, why don't embrace the cakes? Yeah, that's. This has never been something that guys were taught is, is okay. Hmm. Like, Okay. Like we squat to just like be fully strong. It's not like okay. we're squatting to have an ass the way okay. that a girl might be squatting to build her butt. And it just may come with the you know trying mm -hmm. to be strong. Okay, yeah, like I it, it comes with being strong. Like okay. the stronger that your legs are, the, the nicer your butt's probably gonna look. Okay, okay. In a lot of in a lot of spaces, not everybody. <laughs> Some people have those muscle butts. That are just like, not a muscle butt, Jesus. We love the muscle butts. Like okay. Fun. <laughs> 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 can you do us a favor mm -hmm. and shed some light on some things men may be insecure about regarding their body that we that most women probably don't know mm, things men may be secure about insecure about rather mm -hmm. um their cardio capacity mm, tell us more a lot of guys don't do cardio yeah because they'll be too busy trying to get swole well because we think that women <laughs> want a, a just a big guy a big brawny really? guy really that's that's what a lot of guys seem to think. Whoa. Some, sometimes guys do. Sometimes guys are trying to get big for themselves, mm -hmm. and that's just like an appearance thing, not trying to get pushed around, whatever. Um, I think it's just like their level of strength in comparison to other people is probably the biggest thing that guys are insecure about. Because you might be really, really in shape, but you also might be next to somebody who can just like, with one hand, just throw you through a wall or something yeah. like. You just, but you always want to feel like you're able to protect somebody, which is probably the most insecure thing that a guy can feel about approaching a woman is like, does she think that I'm strong enough to protect her? This is so enlightening because honestly, I'm just going to say it. I thought what you were going to say is like penis size because usually I mean, guys are insecure about that too, but like, yeah, but I'm glad you took that. this approach. Yeah, you're right. I feel like that's a given, but I'm glad you enlightened us. Wow. Okay. So. I mean, what's something that you used to be insecure about with your body? Oh, my chest. Oh, really? Okay. My, chest, my, up, my whole upper body. Because, um, like, I would do so much work on it. Doing bench, I was benching. I was doing flies. I was doing all this stuff to try and be, like, this super, like, this super body. And it just wasn't coming in the way that I thought it was. And I, at times, just got very, very frustrated. Mm. And I was just like, you know what? What the fuck? Like, why am I out here? Like, I can squat 300 pounds. I can deadlift 400 pounds. I can bench all the weight in the world. Why does it not look like it? Mm. And when the looks don't match necessarily, sometimes that pisses you off and it just makes you want to do more, but that's how you injure yourself a lot of times. Because you're like, I just have to do more, I have to do more, I have to do more. Sometimes you take a step back and you start recovering a little bit more and just letting your body relax and things just end up happening naturally and organically. Wow. You know, you know so much. It's very impressive. <laughs> I'm learning. Okay, so I kind of want to talk about body positivity. Okay. I feel, this is just an opinion from me, mm, that a lot take. of the, <laughs> a little hot take, I feel like a lot of the narrative about body positivity, you know, comes a lot from women. Mm -hmm. And we don't really hear it from men 
a lot of the time. Do mm-hmm. you, can you give us some insight? Why I'm not saying that you're, you know, the spokesperson you, for yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah, no, not, absolutely. But do you mean, so when you say body positivity for men, are you talking about the body positivity that men project for other men? Or are you talking about the body positivity that men project towards other, towards women? I would say both, honestly. For men talking to other men, um, just body positivity, it's, ac- it's actually coming along, okay. in my opinion. I think men are definitely more comfortable being like, yo, you look good. Like, what's, what's been going on? You've been working out? Like, mm-hmm. And just complimenting each other a lot more and just like encouraging each other to do the right thing for one another. Um, body positivity towards women, I think it's just, it depends on how you were raised. Um, mm. I think some, sometimes people are around certain folks who they're like, Oh, that's not for me or whatever. It's like, it doesn't matter if it's for you or not. What it is, is it's like, do you accept this person as they are? And like, do you see that they're trying to shed positive energy with you? Yes. So if they're doing that, just reciprocate. Like you, you're not, you're, they, don't, they might not want to fuck you. Why are you worried about f- them wanting to fuck you? Yeah. Like, just be like, yo, I see you doing your thing. Like you look fantastic. If you can't tell a girl that she looks fantastic just because, then, then why are you trying to compliment women? Mm. Like women look fantastic. Like point blank period. Like, I'm doing my happy dance. <laughs> preaching in here. Like women, women look fantastic. That's really where it st- starts and ends. And you just have to be able to express that appropriately. If you can't do that, then just sit back. Let it, let it rock. You heard that? Sit back, y'all, if you can't. All right. Speaking about preferences mm. and all that jazz. I mean, what do you find beautiful? Black women. Easy. Elaborate. Um, I mean, outside of black women just being the most wonderful, like creatures to ever walk God's green earth. Um, I mean the hair, like everything. The fact that like they, their hair does so many different things with it. it the does. way that their bodies look. Corbin, <laughs> Corbin came into this, into the interview. I didn't have hair on my head, and now I do. Just, a little, <laughs> <laughs> just a little tidbit. Oh okay, continue. <laughs> Like every everything to me about a black woman is exactly what I look for. Um, I mean, more often than not, your body like bodies are better. Like their personalities, their spirits, their energy, their positivity, everything. Just because they go through so much more, mm. um, and that's just talking from a completely separate societal standpoint. Like black women do have it a lot harder than other races. Like that's something that we know, something we're aware of, mm-hmm. and seeing them thrive so often with all of this opposition is probably one of the sexiest things in the world um where people are like oh michelle obama looks like an ape michelle obama's fine as fuck that's when they were dragging my sis i was ready to fight and it happens it happens but like people don't understand what's not made for them Mm. and i think black men are starting to recognize that black women are made just for us wow another hot take Mm. And I want to ask you, you know, mm-hmm. speaking about that body, um, how would you describe your body? Um, in one word. In one word? Mm-hmm. This is a tough, this is a tough question. <laughs> um, this is going to sound very problematic. Versatile. For <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're going to have to elaborate. <laughs> Um, I don't feel like I'm super big per se. Like I'm not like a super brolic, brawny, like arms that are like 22 inches around, like mm-hmm. kind of guy, but I'm strong. Um, I, I'd, be, I'd surprise a lot of folks with how much weight I can throw around at a gym. Um, I still move really fast. I'm able to do a lot of things. 
So I've always had a background where I played multiple sports. I was always, I've always been active in intramural activities and things like that. So like I snowboard, I ski, I do a million other things all year round. So my body has to be ready for that. So I prioritize just taking care of every part of it at least once a week, whether that's doing just push-ups, whether that's doing pull-ups, whether that's doing sit-ups. Like even if it's just one exercise where mm-hmm. I just really, really emphasize a different part of my body, that's like my main priority on a regular basis is just being ready for anything. So versatile. Wow. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Exactly. Heard you. And if you knew better, you'd do better. <laughs> People about to take these quotes and put them on T-shirts, Corbin. Better tell them run you your money. No, I got I got that one from my boy Seth. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll give credit. Shout where out to due. Seth. All right, so it's time for our segment. Send dudes. How do you feel about nudity? It's fine. It's fine. I mean, I think. Mm. I have no problem with it, personally. Um, I think that's also me coming a long way mm-hmm. from where I once was, where like I didn't love the idea for everybody. Um, but I mean, the body's a body, and it's an incredible vehicle. Um, a vehicle. I mean, it, I call it a vehicle because you need to put the right things into a vehicle to make it run even better. So if right. you want a premium vehicle, you have to put in premium products and premium time and investments. So that's why I call it a vehicle. That's okay. a completely different tangent that I can go down <laughs> another time. <laughs> but I think that with nudity and where everything's going these days, like where oh, for a lot of times now on Instagram and on social media, less is more for mm-hmm. a lot of people. Um, like a lot of us have become desensitized yeah. to, to nudity a bit. It was like, oh, Kim K had her ass out again. Well, surprise. It's regular Tuesday. Like. Exactly, like a right. Reg- she literally does. It. It's crazy. She does it on Tuesdays a lot. Have you noticed that? No. Check her I Twitter. <laughs> Why do you? Whatever. I don't actually know this. I just I saw. <laughs> listen, saw something last Tuesday where I was like, the Grammys just happened. Why are you? You know she's not care about no Grammys. Yeah, she don't care about nothing. Else, but <laughs> neither here nor there. Um, where were we? Nudity. Nudity. Yeah, I think that it's fine as long as you're comfortable in your own skin. So. Are you comfortable enough to take nudes and send them? Yes, I'm at that point now, but I don't. Why don't you? Who needs to see what, I, what I've got when you can just see me in person? <laughs> Corbin, you're coming in really hot today. <laughs> What's this going is, on? This is every day. Wow. I, I, I mean, Noted. I think that sending, sending nudes is a great... Lug, not even a luxury. It's a privilege to, get and, to give and receive them. Mm, um, tell and, us more. I think that it's a privilege because that's someone wi- like willingly saying, this is the body that I want you to like. Mm. And this is what I've got right now. This is everything. And going back and forth, it's like there's a lot more that's being, from a guy's perspective, there's a lot more that's being given that's being sent out. Like, True. guys, what do we have? We have a dick. Mm-hmm. Dick, good body. Like, once it's past that, it's like, eh, what else you got? <laughs> Whereas like, Women just have everything. We like, sure do. Shout out to my ladies. Like, so it's a, it's just a bit different in terms of give and take. Um, but overall, it's just I don't think that it's necessary to like if you're if you're like a thousand miles away from somebody and you're not going to see them for a couple of weeks and that's that's your girl, that's your man, whoever. Like that stuff is fine. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're like if you're right on top of each other, like it's still again still fine. But I would much rather see you in person. Heard you. Heard you. 
Now, do you have any advice for people who may not feel their best when they're naked? Like, how can they boost that type of confidence? That's a really good question. And I think that the best way to go about it is just understanding how to love yourself where you are. Like, you have to set a foundation. You have to set a baseline Mm -hmm. and say, this is where I'm at today. I'm not going to be lower than this tomorrow. Like, I always talk about this on my Instagram. It's just like getting 1% better every day. If you get 1% better every day for a year, that's 365% in terms of an upward trajectory. I love that. So if you do a little bit to take care of yourself every day, like, you could have that that incredible weight loss transformation if you just do a little something every day, whether it's I'm going to eat a little bit better today, I'm going to work out tomorrow, I'm going to then go for a walk the next day. What you do to take care of yourself um, is what matters there. Love it. Mm-hmm. And finally, I want to ask you, mm-hmm. what's your naked truth? And by naked truth, I mean, let me get down to the core of Corbin. Haha, <laughs> see what I did there. Oh um, <laughs> you know, where does the truth lie? Um, hmm. The truth about Corbin. Well, no, I mean, there are a lot of truths. I mean, I'm a sap. There's that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's also just because I'm light skin, but I'm not going to get into colorism. Yeah, please do not. <laughs> I'm not going to go down that path. Different podcast. Um, the truth about Corbin, um, I think I've said it a couple of times on this podcast, is that I do a lot of the stuff for my friends and family because without them, I definitely would not still be here, um, quite frankly. Like, if it wasn't for the guys that I've known my entire life, the guys that I've met along the way, if it wasn't for the girls that I've known my entire life and the girls I met on, my, on the way that have become friends, that have become family, that have become my circle, my tribe, whomever, if it weren't for them, I definitely would not have this energy. I would not have this personality. I would not be this person on this podcast. So at the end of the day, I do it because I do the things that I do because they make me happy and because I get to help my friends in the process the way that they've helped me. Wow. That's so beautiful. You have a great support system. I'm lucky. And I'm blessed. very, very lucky and blessed. Wow. So thank you so much for, you for sharing everything, Corbin. I think a lot of people learn so much. One, about the body. Mm-hmm. Two, about you. And three, just how important it is to take care of yourself, love yourself, and also treat your mind right. You know? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So can you let the people know, one, where they can follow you, and two, where they can sign up for yep. your classes? Yep. So um, follow me on Instagram and on Twitter. It's at CorbinLit, C-O-R-B-B-E-E-N-L-I-T. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we are at Ripley Greer Studios, 939 8th Avenue, from 7.30 to 8.30. It's probably the best hour workout that you'll get for under $20. Yeah, for Um, sure. Agreed. So follow me on Instagram. You'll find the link there. You'll be able to purchase a class. Let's get everybody right. You heard the man. Go get right. So thank you all so much for listening, and make sure to leave feedback if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye, friends. Bye.